BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Today's poll question at Smirkanish.com is a copycat. Will life for our children's generation be better than it has been for us. I'm copying that which the Wall Street Journal and NORC recently used in a poll that I've I've mentioned intermittently in the last couple of days. America pulls back from values that once defined it. So says this new survey. I'm curious to know of our audience what you think so that we can do a comparison into the much more scientific NORC Wall Street Journal poll. Aaron Zittner wrote the coverage for the journal. The lead paragraph of his piece said this patriotism, religious faith, having children and other priorities that help define the national character for generations are receding in importance to Americans, according to this new poll. Aaron joins us now. Aaron, thank you so much for your time. There were so many things that jumped off the page to me. What jumped off the page to you? Oh, boy, this survey had had a lot of landmark findings in it. You were pointing to one. Um, Once again, we do a fair amount of polling, and economic pessimism has been pretty high for a long time. I've been joking that we need a new word for pessimism because we keep using it in our headlines. But in this one, we found a record low share of people who feel confident that our kids will have it better than we've had it economically. Um, Close to 80 percent of people said they do not feel confident that the next generation will have a better life. And that was the kind of thing we saw throughout the poll on a shorter term basis. Very low share. Fifteen percent of people thought the economy would get better in the next year Um, and just all kinds of findings of economic dissatisfaction. And then when we moved to what unifies us as Americans and how do we think about the country and feel about it more broadly, the pessimism on the economy, I think, infected those broader uh, uh, questions we asked about who we are as Americans. I mean, I think I'm emblematic of some of those findings in that when I was young, when I was when I was in my late teens and paying attention, or I should say at those times when I was paying attention and certainly in my 20s, I always believed that if I worked hard in this country, I was going to be able to get to a an economic rung on the ladder further than my parents had been able to do. Uh, There's just no question in my mind. As I now look at, OK, how, how do I feel about the four that we have and continue to raise? I'm part of that pessimism. Maybe it's because I've been fortunate, Aaron. I don't know. Uh, but even if I'd been less fortunate, I think that I would share some of the pessimistic feelings that others are feeling. It's a little paradoxical because just based on the numbers and the metrics that you can read any day in the Wall Street Journal, 
the economy is doing pretty well. The job market is strong. The stock market has been bumpy. But, uh, you know, over the, the long term recently, it's been quite good. So a little bit, it's paradoxical. And, um, well, here's one finding that just screamed out to me about where we are right now. We've asked three times, starting in 2013, about the value of a college degree. And the traditional feeling was that a college degree costs money. It takes time. It's effort. It can be expensive. But it's the ticket you have to buy to get into the dance if you want to live a good life in this country with a, a career and a high earning potential, you should have a college degree. And when we asked in 2013, by 13 points, people said a college degree is worth the cost more than it, it is not worth the cost. In this poll, we find that people think a college degree is not worth the cost by 14 points. 42% said, yeah, a college degree is worth it. And 56% know it's not worth it, including 42% of people who have a college degree. And the reason that screams out to me, there are political overtones to higher education right now, is a college degree used to be seen as the ladder into the middle class and the ladder into a career, and people don't have faith in it anymore. I think that speaks to the pessimism as well. I think some of the trades have been shunned. And that that a, a, a secure path to earn a good living, maybe not a great living, is to have a trade. I know how in demand they are all over the country. We talk about this on a on a regular basis. I, I was raised. You were probably raised to believe that the American dream had to include higher education and home ownership. I'm not so sure that either applies today. That's right. But if people are feeling like um, secure, that there's a secure path to a better future, through the trades, uh, you know, we're writing stories about how people are turning down college scholarships and instead going into apprentice training programs. So people do feel it. It's just not showing up in the measures of economic optimism or, or well-being that we're seeing here. What got the headlines, as you know, there's a lot of circulation of, of your work in this regard. And what got the headlines were the drop in importance that people feel about patriotism, uh, and religion. 70% 25 years ago said it was very important to them, patriotism. Now that number's 38%. Religion, very important. 25 years ago, 62%. Now 39%. The one that upset me, uh, in addition to those, community involvement. 25 years ago, 62% said, yeah, that's important to me. Now that number is less than a third. It's 27%. To what do we assign fault for that? Well, there's a lot going on under the hood here, some of which can be explained by the poll and some of which we just have to infer. This set of questions, I, I think, is just a great set of questions. And it started before I was involved in polling. I think this traits to a, a guy named Peter Hart, who's one of the great pollsters in, uh, in America. And, and 25 years ago, almost a generation ago, he said, let's let's find the values that unify America. What what is our national character? What words can we use to describe the national character? And we tested patriotism, hard work, religion, self-fulfillment, having children, a few things like that. And back in 1998, when we first tested, it, you had, you know, 60, 70, 80 percent of people saying not only that those values were important, but that they were very important. And it was kind of an America where we all, you know, we still say the Pledge of Allegiance, but we were 
saying the Pledge of Allegiance, our coins are saying, God, we trust, and we were looking up in space and watching Americans put a man on the moon and all that. That was the kind of America that these values evoked for me. 25 years later, we test these values, and I wouldn't say that their importance has fallen. I would say their importance has collapsed. Again, some people still find these important, but when we measure the very important, is this core to you personally in guiding your life, the values have just collapsed. And we can't really say right now that these values are what you know defines America and is part of the American character anymore. Okay, so what have they been replaced with? If 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 patriotism, religious faith, having children, being involved in your community are no longer the definition of national character, what is? Well, that's a great question. And we didn't ask things like we might have about, gee, if you're not getting your sense of community from your neighbors and community involvement that way, and you're not getting your sense of community involvement from church going or a place of worship, where are you getting it? People might be getting it from social media. Maybe they're in text chains with their high school friends or on face, Facebook groups uh, with their college friends. They might be getting community somewhere else. But, Mike, we asked another question in this poll that suggests that, that these values aren't really being replaced. Because we asked just a plain old, are you happy? And the share of people who were very happy was also a record low dating back to the 1970s. 12% of people said they were very happy. So if people are finding fulfillment elsewhere, it didn't show up in that happiness question. And, you know, when it comes to something like patriotism, there's a lot going on here. If you're feeling sour about the economy, we didn't ask about January 6th in this poll, but we know that this is a divided nation politically. We know that that patriotism is a word often used by the political right and some on the left think that it's been co-opted. You might just not feel good about the country between the economy and democracy and the word patriotism itself. People just kind of think things are broken now. And it might be harder when we ask, are you patriotic for people to say, oh, yeah, definitely. Aaron Zittner is a reporter and editor at The Wall Street Journal. We're fortunate to have him talking about the polling data, by the way, in my social media, because we already linked to it a couple of days ago. But back in my Twitter feed right now is that which he has written on this important poll. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Aaron Zittner is a reporter and editor at the Wall Street Journal. I wanted to ask you something else. There's another uh, grouping of issues. For each of the following, has our society gone too far, not gone far enough, or like the porridge, is it just right? And you produced a breakdown as between R's and D's and I's. And I wonder if you have a 25-year view of those issues, meaning... Is there evidence of a growing political divide in terms of how we look at core values? Well, the ones that we looked at over 25 years were things that kind of been part of the American character for generations, you know, religion, patriotism, family. These ones you're referring to now are kinds of the things that are new to many people uh, and are at the center of our political fight right now. If you're following Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, uh, you know, critical race theory, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion is is in the discussion. And so these are places we don't have trend. But we did ask, as you said, businesses taking steps to improve diversity, schools taking steps to promote racial and ethnic diversity, uh, acceptance of gay people, acceptance of transgender people. Has society gone too far in that? Have they not gone far enough? Or if we kind of hit the right balance and what surprised us in the answers is I thought we were going to see a generational difference here. I thought young people were going to be all in on all these new social trends and that older people would be more resistant. And there was a little of that. But unfortunately, like so much in the world right now, the lens that people really look through is the lens of political party. And the divisions on these things by political party was far greater than by age group. My data, unlike your data, is thoroughly unscientific, but it's interesting nonetheless. So as of this moment, 13,604 people have voted. Will life for our children's generation be better than it has been for us? 76%, I'm rounding, no. 76%, no. What do you make of that, if anything? Well, uh, (laughs) by chance or not by chance, That's pretty much the same number we found in our poll. We had 78% saying they're not confident in the future. You know, Michael, we can only hope this is transitory. We can only hope that this is a, you know, we're going through some growing pains or changes in this country and that people will feel better because the fundamentals are, are strong. I mean, this is a good job market. You can get a job in this, in this country if you want. And uh, businesses are functioning well. You know, there's a lot going right, but the mood is still sour. And, and finally, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, the play, the play, was there any good news in this? Oh boy. Was there good news in this? Um, You know, uh, that's our (laughs) You've stumped me. You've stumped <laughs> okay. me. Well, I think that's the answer then, right? <laughs> you know, I called up people around uh, 
around the country, you know, unscientifically. I picked 10 or 12 people and just called on the phone. And I asked them, this, this poll paints a portrait of, of dissolution, of, of splintering, and, and what we don't agree on anymore. What do you think we agree on? And people scratch their heads just like I'm scratching my head now. Uh, one person said, well, I still think this is the land of opportunity. Um, but that doesn't speak to the discussion we've just been having about pessimism about next yeah. generation. A lot of people still think if you work hard, you can get ahead in this country. A lot of people think that we're, we've moved beyond looking at each other by race. That, uh, yeah, one young man who is half black and half white said, look, I think we're at the point now where we just acknowledge some people start in this world with a head start. But having acknowledged that, everyone pulls his own weight and you get where you get in this country based on your own initiative. And maybe that's progress. Aaron, that was excellent. I'm grateful. Thank you so, so much. Hey, it's great to be with you. Aaron Zittner, ladies and gentlemen, from The Wall Street Journal. Read in my social media more about this important survey. And now you know the background for today's poll question. Oh, kind of interesting, huh? Because I'm at 75.94%, and he said that their scientific finding was 78%. Will life for our children's generation be better than it has been for us? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. On the question of life for our kids in comparison to our own, I'm looking at great diversity on the board, meaning calls from all across the country and representative of a whole host of different viewpoints. Let's move quickly, okay, so that everybody gets a say. Don, greetings in Dayton, Ohio. What did you want to contribute? Well, I think a lot of this comes down to basic economic fears. And that is 
am I going to be successful and have enough money left over to participate in the activities that were very beneficial in the 19, uh, 1950s. I'll leave religion out of it just for the sake of this conversation. But over the last 30 plus years, the stockholders and senior management have taken most of the economic productivity gains as their own and have not shared it with the middle middle class and people below that. Don, let me that with Jack Welch. Let me let me interrupt. Yeah, and I'm in agreement with you, and I'm, I'm going to say thank you and so long so I can work more people in. But, Don, you in Dayton, I, I just wrote a note in front of me. I wrote, uh, Barlet and Steel. Barlet and Steel. Anybody remember America, what went wrong? It began as a Philadelphia Inquirer series and grew into a number one New York Times bestseller. Hey, Dan, make a note to look up the podcast, book club podcast, and make sure that Barlet and Steele have been released because I've interviewed them and I did I did some live events with them, two brilliant guys and a book spot on with what Don from Dayton, Ohio was just saying. I'm looking at an online summary. Long before COVID-19 ravaged the economy, millions of middle-class Americans were struggling with another crisis, stagnant earnings, unaffordable health care, and the prospect of an impoverished retirement. This is no accident. Barlett and Steele vividly reveal how Congress and presidents of both parties repeatedly make decisions that favor the few at the expense of most Americans. The authors show that this need not be to make America dream the American dream a reality for all Americans. Our government must reassert itself on behalf of all of the people with regulatory oversight that balances public safety with business interests, more equitable tax policies and programs that assure all Americans of basic health care and decent retirement. Two really smart, good guys. And uh, yeah, if we haven't released their work as a book club podcast I want to make sure we do so ASAP, okay? Thank you, Dan. Yes, sir. Steve in Auburn, Kansas. Greetings. What did you most want to say, Steve? Have you ever heard of a gentleman named Jonathan Haidt? Sure. Yeah, um, the coddling of the American mind. Jonathan, you, John, right. Yeah, have, Jonathan Haidt. I'm sorry. His YouTube Go ahead. Video, his YouTube video, What on Earth is Happening to Our Country? I have not seen that. I have read the coddling of, and yeah. I think if you watch it, you will your chest will puff out. Well, listen. uh, I don't know why it would make my chest puff out, though. Why would that be the case? He points out exactly what you've been, what you say daily, is our problem. Oh, about the polarization and the media and the divide and and silos. Yeah, and silos. So let me tell you, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Haidt's work. Thank you, Steve. And he's been a guest here when I then wanted to bring him on to television with me. And and we tried here. I'll, I'll tell you a little something. We tried to bring him in for the unconvention. 
for those of you who are at the unconvention, I wanted Jonathan Haidt to be a, a key part of that. He's writing a book, and I know that he's writing a book on exactly these issues. And he told me, because I've gone back to that well a couple of times, you got to give me a chance to write the book, and then I'll come on your program. But I have very, very high regard for Haidt, and he published, I guess, in The Atlantic six months ago and gave us a little look-see of the book that he's writing. And he's teamed up with Gene Twangy from San Diego, whose work I also enjoy promoting. Enjoy is not the right word because it's ominous, but yeah, thank you for that. That's a, that's a good tip. Hey, Nick, you're the, uh, the beacon of light. Tell us why you think the future is going to be better for kids. Hello, Michael. Uh, so nice to speak to you after a while. Um, what I think is a little controversial, probably a lot controversial, but I still think it's positive. I think that this current administration is trying to create a more equal America. And in a more equal America, the future is going to be better than we that we're living right now. We are beginning to address issues and, and you might know where I'm coming from because I'm a black American person. We are beginning to face issues that we should have faced in years and decades gone past. Black Lives Matter, um, equality for all, LGBTQ rights. Uh, you made mention of something when, in, in the, when, you, when you were speaking earlier that religion is changing. You know, the younger generation is not as religious as our, our older generation right now. And there's a whole section of America that feels that's bad. But a person like me, I feel that's actually very good. We are striving to get to a more tolerant society. And I think if we are able to stay on this track, things it's going to be very difficult to get there, but things are actually we, going to be better in the future than they are today. For we, better, we, we, we better hurry. We better hurry. And I, I think that the, the gentleman who called with the economic... Uh, concerns is is well. Everybody's right on point. There's no wrong answer here so far. Yeah, but I if hope I you're. I hope... One quick last thing. I'll just sure. say one very quick last thing is that your last segment and this segment, I think, are connected. The lady who called and said she would vote for Trump for his policies, but she wouldn't want to have dinner with him. I think, and and you said you would do exactly the opposite. Yeah, I'd and like to have dinner with him, but I can't vote for... Yes, that's right. Exactly. And, and, and here's the irony of it is, like, I think a lot of times we don't want to be honest with what we're saying. And I like to be honest and call things as it is. A lot of the policies that Trump supported and put in place were to discriminate against black, brown, and the LGBTQ community. So you do have a large section of America that says, yeah, we don't like the guy, but if he continues to promote and push that agenda, we are going to support him. And, and I think that's a big part of what's happening today. It's, it's, uh, we, we who have a minority view, we do have to figure out how to wrestle with the majority and try and get them to change their minds. I'm very concerned. I've been concerned, just big picture. And I'm, I'm not here to sell gloom to keep people uh, dialed into a radio program. I'm very, very, I would rather sell optimism, but I'm very concerned about the confluence. Thank you, Nick, of all of these factors, the political divide, What's going on around the globe right now? The the economic pessimism that I was just discussing with my guest, this polling data, like oh my gosh, you put it all together and it's it's a bad combo. 
Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.